Welcome to our podcast. I'm David Kramer coming to you from Northern California. And I'm Dave Blasco from Arizona. Dave and I have been friends since the early 1980s when we were college roommates. And we finally found a medium to share our wisdom with the world, or at least our opinions. Between us, we have two engineering degrees, two master's degrees, an economics degree, and over 60 years of work experience. That's impressive. And we're trying to make this podcast together to try to help each other, and hopefully you, the listener, save some money. So, Mr. Kramer, what is today's topic? So today, we are talking about newspapers, uh, possibly print media in general. No, for or against newspapers? Um, Yes. (laughs) We're exploring all aspects of uh, newspapers. Uh, So Dave, tell me something. Um, uh, We're we're baby boomers, barely. We snuck into the last year of the baby boom. Do you you still get a uh, daily newspaper? Oh, I do, I do, I do. I'm doing my little dinosaur move here. Your tiny little arms. We do. We do get a newspaper delivered to our humble abode. And it seems like every year it gets smaller and smaller and smaller, but more costly at the same time. So you're getting a local newspaper or one of the national papers? A local newspaper right now. I I have, um, up until a few years ago, I did get the, the Wall Street Journal delivered. It was kind of a gift. My mom would buy me every like a Christmas gift, but I stopped that a couple of years ago. And I get we get the local um, Arizona Republic. Arizona Republic. Public. Yep. I thought it was the Phoenix Sun. No, it's the. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's the basketball team. That's the basketball team. Yeah. What well, used to be the Arizona Republican? The name was changed. I don't know how many years ago. It's the Arizona Republic. Huh. So do you get it uh, seven days a week? We get it seven days a week. Huh. Um. So we no longer get a daily newspaper. Uh, for many years, we got the Wall Street Journal, um, and I stopped it after throwing it with still the rubber band on it into the recycling bin for the 17,000th time in a row. <laughs> um, I miss. I, I we got the. I had the Wall Street Journal probably for 20 years, and I, I miss it. They just. Um, I canceled a few years ago when they crossed the bridge too far in some of their editorials. I'll just I'll leave it at that. Yeah, honestly, we did restart it up because uh, my wife thought the kids should see a newspaper in the morning. But again, it ended up with the rubber band on it still. Um, the Wall Street Journal is good because it's got that little those two columns uh, at the front, today's news and financial news. So if you just read that, you stayed up with things pretty well yeah i liked it i liked it too because i liked um the weekend would have some interesting things mm-hmm. lifestyle and would have some non-financial news and um you know even my even my wife who's not a financial person she i think enjoyed getting it yeah that's one thing i missed um was the lifestyle stuff um that actually could save a lot of money or at least increase the um the enjoyment in my life and because it was there every day i would read the wine column and there was a movie reviewer in the wall street journal that had the yeah. same taste as mine yeah so they're kind of two opposite effects with the the movie guy once i figured out that he liked the same kind of movies i would like i would just see what whether he said it was good or bad and then i'd go see it because i find when you read a movie review it spoils at least the first 25 minutes of the film. <laughs> it sure does. And I think it's important. Your your ideas about what a good movie is or music has to align with the um, person doing the reviews because I find that that's 
purely personal taste in most cases. So I've purchased a lot of CDs that I end up not liking based on a review. And just I realized it's really uh, beauties in the eye of the beholder with, with respect to things like that. That's true. Uh, when you and I were roommates, I used to read your stereo review magazine that would come monthly. And yep. they had a, uh, a music reviewer who had the same taste as mine or influenced mine, however it worked. And so I, I would buy whatever he recommended. I kept that subscription for several years after college because of that. But uh, it was costing me a lot of money reading stereo <laughs> review every month and like <laughs> reading specs on like, oh, no. My receiver has point zero zero six of uh, distortion. I need to get <laughs> a new one every year. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes. Oh. Uh, but the other column I liked in the Wall Street Journal, it was a husband and wife team that used to do the wine reviews. And wine reviews are the opposite. You need the long explanation of why it's good, particularly when it only costs five or six dollars a bottle. But. <laughs> uh, uh, um, yeah, I, I like it. I, I do miss that way. Um, my daughter moved to New York City a few years ago, and um, we we end up getting New York Times online, which uh, I like. I like reading. Now, I will say I let that subscription wane a few months ago for a purpose, which related to this podcast. But um, um, I do enjoy getting that. My wife misses it. She keeps on telling me she misses it, and I'm trying to use that as leverage to get the local paper digitally. Because mm. um, we were reading the New York Times digitally, and I, I'm totally fine with reading the paper digitally. And frankly, the local paper, I'm not reading much anymore in the print version. I'll just scan the local news on. Um, you can look it out online when you pay for the print subscription. Um, and it's uh, it's getting pricey. Getting a paper delivered is getting pricey. Hmm. Yeah, I found myself, I think I used to get the... Uh, San Jose Mercury News at some point while living out here in Northern California and I'd find frequently the first thing I'd go to would be the Fry's Electronics insert <laughs> but that can make you sad like what that TV is only $800 I paid $1,700 for it last year <laughs> oh I gotcha and the, I just laugh the paper every year gets smaller and smaller and the price goes up more and more it seems like faster than the rate of inflation it's just uh it is kind of crazy. I was so the preparation I did for this podcast is as I was walking the dog this morning, very early. I looked and counted how many people got papers on their um, uh, doorsteps. Now they could have gotten up super early, but it's not likely. I think like only twenty percent of the people in my neighborhood get a get a paper. And we're we're a lot of baby boomers in our neighborhood. Probably people they're mainly mid fifties or so. Um, so maybe a little bit of the dinosaur people out there. Yeah, I think it's a bit of a vicious cycle because they don't get much advertising revenue, which is why it's thinner. Um, they end up laying off staff and not using their own reporters. Um, and so you're not getting anything for your money, but they have to raise their prices because they're not getting yeah. any advertising. Google gets all the advertising. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, and the downside of it was, even if you disagreed with the editorials, at least, well, one thing is people who write newspapers go to journalism school and they try and be actually fair and balanced, not just put it on the screen and then spout whatever nonsense they believe. Mm -hmm. um, so you would get a, a variety of opinions, especially if you occasionally read the, the letters to the editor on a local paper. 
It is true. And maybe a little bit deeper sports coverage when there was sports. You know, now we just have a Korean, Korean baseball. Um, That's funny. One reason I liked the Wall Street Journal is because they had no sports coverage for many years. And I remember they had in the little other news, non-financial news, they, it said the Washington Redskins won the Super Bowl yesterday, 27 to 14. <laughs> that was it for the sports coverage, which I thought was appropriate. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> it is funny. I think on the weekends they might do a little sports coverage on a more of a human interest story level. <laughs> yeah, there's usually a business twist to it. It's pretty yeah. good. They do have good reporting. And we still get, we have the digital subscription to the Wall Street Journal. Um, that was my compromise. Mm-hmm. Though it's it's still quite expensive. I think digital and delivered was, I'll say, $45. And mm-hmm. digital is $38 a month. That's p- pricey because New York Times is uh, 28 bucks a month. And I think if you, the first year they give you a deal and they cut the price in half down to 14 bucks or something like that. Um, Huh, and I think the local paper is like fourteen or fifteen dollars a month if you do it di- digitally, which I'd be fine with. It's um, my wife likes to get the paper delivered. She ha- she wants to hold that thing in her hand, so um, it's been a uh, topic of ongoing discussion with no resolution hmm. in my favor. In my favor yet. <laughs> <laughs> now, when I when I lived in New Jersey and worked in New York, I always got the New York Times rather than the Wall Street Journal because the local. I'm not sure the Wall Street Journal even has any local coverage. Maybe they just don't distribute it nationwide. And the finance coverage in the New York Times used to be as good as the Wall Street Journal. That's when I was young, and I didn't think uh, 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 newspapers had politics. So, mm-hmm. um, or maybe that was less of a thing back then. Yeah, I like I like reading the Times. Um, like I said, my daughter moved to New York City, so I like. The, you know, the local section, get a flavor for what's going on. And then my wife and I will visit a couple times a year back when you could travel. And then you'd get maybe some ideas on what to do. And then uh, my wife likes the uh, the recipes. So she has saved a lot of recipes from the Times. And she just made something the other day from the Times. So um, I think it's been pretty cool, too. Yeah, I remember a couple times since I lived here, the newspaper would be delivered free as a sample. And that annoyed me a lot because... Hmm. Uh, the newspaper here on Sunday is way more than half advertisements, I believe. Um, so even before I brought it in, I was throwing half of it in the in the recycle bin. Gotcha. It's good for maybe seeing what's on sale for furniture. So t- you know, Memorial Day, big big weekend. I haven't even looked at the paper today, but it looked sitting out there looked a little bit bigger than normal. And at least you can see the sales, I guess, if you need furniture or appliances or something like that. Hmm. So I looked up a couple of numbers, Dave. Um, the most recent ones this is from journalism.org. Uh, weekday newspaper deliveries in 2018 were 28.5 million. And if you go back 50 years, it was uh, 62.5 million. So more than twice. Wow. How many years ago? 50, five zero. 50, because I'm thinking what the population of the United States today is about 330 million. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I don't know what the population was 50 years ago. I want to say uh, 56. I, I want to think it was closer to 150 million people, but I'm not sure, actually. I don't know that number. That doesn't... Uh, population, population was on that chart, but I, uh, I didn't huh. write it down. But per cap, I mean, per capita, it's obviously dropped precipitously. And if you factor in the population change, it's dropped precipitously. 
easy for you to say. Yeah. U.S. population 1968, according to Mr. Google, was 200.7 million. So. 200. Hmm. Uh, what's that? Hmm. Uh, so on a per capita basis, much much lower. I mean, much lower in real in real numbers, but per capita even much lower when you factor that in. Yeah, but as we're talking, that's still almost one in ten people, which is what one in five households maybe is still getting a daily newspaper. I guess they oh. go to businesses as well, but still. Um, I also looked up on. Oh, I didn't put it. What was it? Waste360.com or org? Um, Waste360.com. So these are a little bit old. I think this is from 2010, but uh, there was 8.8 .8 million tons of paper going into newspapers that year. Hmm. Uh, back then, it was their recycling was pretty good. It was 88%, but um, uh, not printing it is even more efficient. Right? <laughs> gotcha. What do you do with your old newspapers? I mean, they really generate a lot of volume. For us, it, they just go into the blue bucket, as we call it, which is our just recycling bin. So I'm assuming they go where, where all our recycling goes. And it's not clear to me that how much of that's being recycled today because China's not taking our recycling anymore. So not sure. But you don't get a second use out of it as fire starters or birdcage liners or protecting things from your puppy um just minimally i mean I'll, I'll use it for packing boxes sometimes so if you looked at, through some of the holiday boxes you'll see some newspaper packing um sometimes we'll use them to start the fire but i mean that might be like seven fires a year in our fireplace out here so minimal re minimal reuse when I was barbecuing a lot, I had uh, one of those chimneys, you know, you stuff newspaper in the bottom and put the charcoal briquettes on top. Yeah, I've and seen I, those. Yeah, it works pretty well. It doesn't smell as bad as uh, using the the starter fluid, but uh, I found myself scrambling looking for paper because I didn't have a newspaper. <laughs> I gotcha. So ours just goes to recycle. I mean, I try to, sometimes we get them delivered the plastic bag, so those are recycle those for dog poop picker-uppers. Um, so they'll try to re try to use, do something with the plastic side, but the newspapers just go in the blue bucket, which gets picked up on the curbside recycling every every week. I, I think I agree with your wife's case for having a physical paper in your hand. I think it gets you to read more, not comprehensively, but a better cross-section of the world than reading it online. You know, you get drawn down these rabbit holes and it starts feeding you stuff you think you're interested in. So I read a lot about bass guitars and electric cars and uh, um, uh, why uh, various politicians are nincompoops. <laughs> you're not getting that broad cross-section. Yeah, you should have a letter from the editor saying the opposite once in a while so you can at least... I don't know. Maybe you'll still yell at the newspaper, but gotcha. Less of a silo, perhaps. Uh, that's a good point. She also does enjoy, and I, my son, to some extent, enjoys doing the um, word games, crossword puzzles, and some of the word games there. So I know you can get those online, but it is kind of fun to be able to do them and just sit at the kitchen table. No, she likes word games and crossword puzzles. 
Yeah, that's probably the real reason I switched to the Wall Street Journal is I had a chance of finishing the uh, crossword puzzle. Those New York Times puzzles, they get harder and harder during the week. I, I don't know if I've ever finished a Sunday one. They get super hard. I'm not as good at – my wife's much better at those crossword puzzles. But you can get the little ones in the New York Times, which are kind of cool, which are fairly easy. So you feel like you've accomplished something. You could do them in five minutes. The little ones online were kind of cool. Um, the regular ones, you know, they get harder from Monday to Tuesday to Wednesday. Yeah, uh, I could. I got up to about maybe Wednesday. I could do them. <laughs> I don't enjoy crossword puzzles like I used to though, because in a pinch you can Google everything. And right. So, but they are New York Times crossword puzzles are hard. Yes, they are. They are super hard. You do learn a lot of three-letter things. Like I know a lot about Bobby Orr. <laughs> never seen him play hockey. <laughs> Or certain words that um, are crossword puzzle players' favorite words, right? That uh, don't appear in much public speech, but a lot in crossword puzzles. <laughs> uh, do you get any actual magazines anymore? With paper? I got, um, I, on and off. You know, it's interesting. Um, I do. I did like to get Money Magazine, and they went uh, digital um, sometime in the last year or so. And my subscription ran out, and I was surprised they weren't sending me, you know, subscribe now for blah, 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 blah. And I looked them up, and they're online. I, I like getting that because it's a lot of good basic facts about managing your money. And sometimes I get stereo magazines. I'll generally sign up on a deal. It's one or two years. I'll let them go, and then I'll wait till I get a hankering for them. But right now, I don't get any magazines right now. Hmm. I take that back. I get one mag. I get a like an aviation magazine that's related to like the aviation business. And so you sign up for that for free. It's kind of interesting. Hmm. And we get business week. My parents give that to me. Uh, the New Yorker, my wife likes that. Um, problem with the weekly magazines is they stack up pretty quickly. It can cause stress feeling bad that they're, they're not being read. Yeah, they do. They can. I do like the New Yorker. My mom would get that. Um, at her house and she hasn't gotten it for a while but i i did enjoy sunday dinners over there and i'd sit down and those the articles in new york are very um they were very entertaining and they really draw you in but they were long long articles in new Yorker. yeah there's some serious fiction in there and some very funny people they there's not as much time pressure to read those they hold up better than uh uh say wired magazine which i i don't seem to be able to cancel the subscription <laughs> <laughs> That is a function of the magazines. They figured that out to make it hard to cancel, right? You can't exactly. figure out how the heck you signed up and how the heck to cancel. There's all sorts of. Uh, <laughs> if you ever, if you look at the deals on Amazon, if you sort like low to high, there's tons of magazines you can subscribe to for the first year for five dollars, mm-hmm. which seems like a bargain until you until you buy yourself a two thousand dollar guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, I, you know, it's interesting. I used to get a lot more um, stereo magazines because I'm kind of into that. But um, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of um, I'll go through stretches where I'll get sound and vision or stereo file and then I'll just let it go and wait till I get a hankering to take a look at it again. So nothing, nothing coming across the dock right now. Yeah, it's uh, what, what's the uh, uh, motto of the Washington Post? democracy dies in the dark something like that yeah something like that the death of journalism probably isn't good for us as a nation probably not that's for sure especially in these times that's for sure (laughs) and getting your news from cable tv is not good for you as a person or for the country as a whole 
Uh, I avoided TV news for several years because I didn't like the local news. It's all fires and mm-hmm. child abduction. It gives you a very distorted view of the world. But I was surprised. I didn't believe when somebody told me that, no, CNN is really biased. Like, no, it's not. It's the news. It says right there. That's one of the ends, right? And uh, they're just opinionated talking heads more than half the time same as fox news they just have different opinions different opinions yeah it's um it's different i don't watch local news for the same reasons i just don't find the local news uh, just it's just silly i don't know most local news and i'm not it's not a knock on arizona it's the same way when i lived in ohio or tennessee florida the, the local news is just kind of goofiness in my mind um but i think the paper does a better job of it um that's for sure and I do enjoy reading the paper because you get more in-depth articles. And I think uh, I think Wall Street Journal is well-written. I like the New York Times to read that. I've not subscribed to the Post before, but um, those two other papers, I, I like getting the news there, and they do a pretty um, good job covering things. Yeah, there was a good story in Market Watch. And I don't know who, what the source is of this chart, but um, it shows how biased various sources are and how much their news versus um, um, opinion. Mm-hmm. And um, I use that to determine who I follow. And my current favorites are uh, Reuters mm-hmm. and um, the Christian Science Monitor. Interesting. Um, <clears throat> we were having this conversation the other day with my family excuse me and uh my son uh we were talking about i used to i still watch google news a lot but now i'm kind of getting away from google news because it's just too much i'm not sure what to say just too much goofiness but um he really like he's he likes reuters but he likes uh i've started reading it more the british broadcasting network the bbc and reading the U.S. news on the BBC because he finds that it's more objective and less biased. So I've been starting to read the BBC news a lot more. Yeah, I like NPR. They have a little bit of a bias. So this is, there's a very interesting chart and it's copyrighted by MediaBiasChart.com. And uh, at the the far lower right, which is the, um, (laughs) it goes from... Uh, original fact reporting to contains inaccurate fabricated info. So the farthest to the right and lowest down as far as being a- attempting to be accurate is InfoWars yeah. okay. uh, on the right side. And on the left side, it's something called Patriotics and the Palmer Report. Hmm. So I've not heard of those two. Uh, <laughs> so the Associated Press and Reuters are up at the top. Um, Bloomberg was pretty good too with a perhaps a little right wing bias but after he ran for president I stopped following them either hard mm-hmm. it's hard not to tilt things towards something with your own name on it right yeah so Reuters gets good marks and I, you know it's interesting we have this conversation the other night um, after dinner and my son says he likes Reuters and he likes reading stuff on the BBC so I've, I, I have been reading on the BBC more often than not I just I find that the it's it's kind of, seems kind of odd because it's not U.S. based news service, but I mean, obviously they have folks in the U.S. to cover, and it just seems a little bit more straightforward and less um, uh, more factual. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. 
All right. Well, what else can we say about newspapers, Dave? Um, I think you should support your lo local newspaper, whether you get it delivered or online. I, I'd like to get mine online because I think, I think it's a better value. Um, I think it's hard to get it delivered. It's just, uh, in my opinion, it's not a good value because it's just hard to make money that way. And I think the future is online. So support your local newspaper online and perhaps maybe support one of the major U.S. newspapers online as well um, that would cover, you know, nationally. That's, I think, what I'd like to do. Sounds fair. All right, so let's wrap it up. Hopefully our next podcast will be a very special episode. Um, we are going to have, hopefully, two guests returning. So all sorts two, of excitement. Two future, two past guests returning for a future podcast. That sounds awesome. There you go. <laughs> all right, Dave, enjoy the rest of your weekend. All right, take care. Thank mm -hmm. you.